0: This
2: is Nuwanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. Nuwanez now, now,
0: ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. No uh, SWX at the current moment, though. The uh, Frontier Conference game that was on is the game of the week. Uh, it just ended, but now they're on the, the daily weather here as we are at the top of the hour, so I'm actually not sure what the final score was. Uh, it was uh, a three-point game down the stretch between Providence and Rocky Mountain. So uh, maybe I'll get on the uh, Google machine and see what's up with that. You missed anything the first hour of the show? Heard from Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, talking all things uh, Eastern Washington and Montana men's basketball, plus some Grizz football. Also, keep on giving you as many of the uh, prep scores as we possibly can uh, from all the various divisional tournaments from around the state of Montana. And uh, kept on going around the big sky in men's hoops as well. So all of that on the Noise Now podcast, probably presented by Shulty Law. You had a bad day, been in a car accident that wasn't your fault. Tired battle in the insurance companies. Any and all sort of legal advice and mediation. If you're getting a divorce, visit JSHultilaw.com. Podcast also presented by the M Store where the augur is all the time. The MSU Bookstore. Visit MSUBookstore.org and the Jewelry Design Center, Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's middle of February, I guess it's the end of February, about to be the beginning of March. That means we're jonesing for some football talk, because of course we are. And I'm very happy to uh, be presenting a slew of interviews with some of the uh, new and or new position coaches at Montana State. They had some coaching staff movement. Bobby Daly, the new defensive coordinator, but uh, has been the linebackers coach for a couple years. He joined us yesterday. Later on, probably next week, Chucky Keaton, the new quarterbacks coach, and Jody Owens, the new safeties coach, will both join us. Right now, we're joined by the new offensive coordinator, Tyler Walker. He's been on this show before, uh, but in the capacity as the tight ends coach. Now uh, he's coming on as the OC, and is certainly interested to to hear all he has to say. Coach Walker, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? Doing well. I
2: appreciate you having me. Ready to talk some ball.
0: I love talking ball. I've loved our conversations in the past, so I'm uh, very interested to get uh, just some of your thoughts and philosophy. So first of all, uh, just take us through uh, this last uh, little while. I mean, a great opportunity for you. Congratulations uh, to you as well. So when you knew uh, Coach Housewright was moving on, got a job at Akron, what was the process like, and what do you think of this new opportunity of being the offensive coordinator there for the Cats? Yeah, um, well, Coach Housewright, uh him and
2: I have a a pretty good relationship, both being from the state of Ohio. So I uh, I was uh, in the know, I should say, and knew that he was probably going to be taking a different opportunity. So, uh, you know, Coach Vegan and I had had conversations in the past just if, you know, a situation uh, would come up uh, and there was an opportunity, you know, obviously I told him I'd be interested, you know, and, and to, to be the offensive coordinator. So it happened, and we talked, and, and it kind of just – you know, I don't want to say a quick process, um, but you know, he's a pretty thorough person. So we talked, and, and he told me, you know, beginning of January, and ever since then, you know, we've been trying to, uh, you know, hit the ground running, and and we're we're get, we're locked and loaded, getting ready for spring ball, meeting as a staff, and and our guys are getting ready to go. So it's been it's been a uh, it's been a whirlwind since uh, early January, but we're ready to go.
0: One thing I find uh, interesting about Coach Vegan, it seems to be a a pretty high priority, and I think that this is uh, probably an extension of of his time with his deep NDSU ties at North Dakota State because they have always prioritized uh, continuity. It seems like that's a big priority there as well. There's been uh, quite a few internal promotions there at Montana State since Coach Vegan took over. So, I mean, how much can continuity within a staff and continuity within a program help move you forward?
2: Well, I think, you know, I think at any time, um, that there's a position uh, that, that, that's open and you can look no further than your own building. I think that's just a sign of A, you know, it starts at the top end, you know, with Coach Vegan, and he sets the standards and expectations for our players and also our coaching staff. And, and I think when you do have that continuity, um, you know, everyone knows, uh, you know, what, what we're trying to get done here, what our mission is, how we do things, how we practice. And I think another part of it is, and I think the major part is, is, you know, the trust that we have built um, over the last three years going into year four, the trust we've built with the players, the trust we've built with the community and the university. And I think there's a there's a comfortability uh, with Coach Vegan to, you know, uh, promote from within um, for, for those reasons of the trust that's built and the continuity for the players and as least, uh, you know, least amount of change for our guys uh that way it's just you know we this is what we do offensively uh this is how we practice uh this is our mentality here's our goals we all know that it's not a it's not a new like we're redoing the whole thing so uh we're going to pick it up just where we left it off and what we've done the last three years so i think that's a major role
0: on tsa minute here on new on is now espn radio tyler walker the new offensive coordinator for the Bobcats, joining us. Tell people just about your background, Coach. You mentioned from Ohio, Hamilton, Ohio. Take people through just uh, all the the stops you made before you got to Montana State because you've been uh, a lot of different places before then. So uh, just take us through sort of your path uh, before you arrived in Bozeman.
2: Yeah, I I started coaching uh, right when I got done playing football at Bethel University in Tennessee, and I uh, I started coaching at Hamilton High. Uh, I was there for uh, five, six years Uh, Then I went to Miami University when Chuck Martin got hired in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, I was an offensive graduate assistant, a defensive graduate assistant. Um, I was there for two years. Uh, Then I went to uh, Davenport University, a Division II school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I was the uh, pass game coordinator, receivers coach there. Uh, Following that uh, was a change of staff, so I actually went uh, back to high school. I was at Grand Rapids Catholic Central, uh, won a state title there. Uh, Then I went to Muskingum University in Ohio, where I was a defensive coordinator, uh, special teams coordinator, linebacker coach. I did just about everything over there. So, you know, had an opportunity to coach at a couple different universities, a couple different high schools. And then uh, Coach Housewright gave me a phone call uh, early February uh, of 21 and just said, hey, Coach, Coach Vegan uh, is going to have an opportunity uh, to be the head football coach at Montana State. Are you interested? And at the time... I was a defensive coordinator. I was doing my own thing. Uh, I really enjoyed doing my own thing. Um, But I did know that uh, I I trusted um, that Coach Vegan, you know, obviously uh, has been around winning football. um, And and I knew Montana State had a winning tradition. Uh, They had won some football games. You know, they were coming off that 2019 season, and then 2020 obviously didn't play. So I knew we had good football players coming back. And I just had a feeling that, you know, he told me, hey, something happens here and someone leaves and somebody opens, a you know, a position opens, you know, you're my guy. So, you know, it, it just took a leap of faith, I, you know, and, and every now and then to to get going where you need to go, sometimes you got to do those things. And in this instance, it paid off. And, you know, I'm super appreciative and thankful for, uh, you know, the opportunity to be here. And the three years went fast and now we're sitting here year four so uh you know we're super excited to be here and uh you know i can't think of a better place to be right now than bozeman
0: well most recently coached tight ends and fullbacks but listening to your all of your experiences i mean you've coached receivers you coach running backs you coach linebackers you coach special teams been a defensive coordinator so how much do you think that helps you just in terms of knowledge about all the different things on a football field and how much does that influence the way you think about offense and offensive play calling
2: you know i I think it you know that's a good point you know i I feel I try to utilize you know the different positions and the different fundamentals and the techniques and the different mindsets uh from those different situations uh that I've done you know I think the biggest thing obviously is is being a defensive coordinator um you know just you know how how I would game plan you know Offensive football team, so I utilize some of those things that I look for, and, and I try to flip it around from the other side and, and, and use it here. And I, th- I think any time that um, you can talk. Uh, to the to the players, and and when you when you're installing something, and you can talk from both sides of the football, um, and then you understand that you know there is a third phase of this game. Uh, when I was a special teams coordinator, where you know we got to play complementary football. So you know, and I think that's what we do really well here. Um, it is do play complimentary football, so I know you know to, you know in the in the in the future here we'll talk with Coach Daly. You know what's the defensive game plan? You know we'll talk to Coach Udy. What's the special teams game plan? And that's a direct reflection of you know potentially how you know the offense is going to go. And 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 I think that you know all being able to have worn all those hats is uh, it just gives me uh, a di- different perspectives that I can relay to my guys. Um, and that's the biggest thing is what I can provide them, um, you know, week in and week out when we're game planning, when we're at practice, when we're watching tape and just being able to speak for different perspectives.
0: Tyler Walker here on new is now ESPN radio, as well as the ESPN MT app. We we'll back on SWX soon, but uh, right now frontier conference basketball going on frontier conference. Uh, tournament is underway in great falls. MSU Northern's women and Rocky mountain college just tipped a uh, coach. Montana State's offense has been excellent, I mean, outstanding the last several years, one of the most prolific rushing offenses in the country, one of the top-scoring offenses in the country. So how do you sort of hope to build on that momentum, and, and what sort of things will you continue to emphasize that you've done well, but also how will you try to put your own stamp on things?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think when it comes to that, you know, I think it's it's not so much. Uh, it's not the Tyler Walker offense I think is it's the Montana State Bobcats offense and since we've been here uh you know we have you know been able to have an offensive philosophy where we're going to control and dictate the tempo you know we keep it simple uh we're trying to create explosive plays we think players not plays um and then it goes without saying we're going to run the football uh, we're going to have an explosive run game. We're going to be able to throw the ball down the field. And I think the biggest thing is is with us is, you know, there's two different kinds of um, systems. You know, you, you, you have a system and then you have players. And we've always been on the player side. Uh, we're not going to try to jam our players into a system. You know, you, and I think the biggest thing we do is we understand – each and every one of our players, uh, we know what they're really good at. Uh, we know what they do well, and we also know their limitations. So doing whatever we can to be able to put them in a successful situation uh, to make plays on the football field, uh, that's what we're going to do. And that's our philosophy. And, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to understand that, you know, we, we've rushed the football around here uh, really, really, really good. I mean, we damn near eight yards a, a carry. Um, you know, last year, and we're going to continue to do that because that's what our players are good at. Uh, but we're also going to be able to uh, be unpredictable, you know, and, and to sit here and say that we're going to have the exact same stats that we've had. Um, in the last three years, I don't know that, but what I do know is we're going to, uh, as an offensive staff, we're going to do whatever we can uh, to put those guys in great situations and be multiple, um, have the ability to play different multiple sets, whether it's 11 or 12 personnel, whether we have oh three, three 3 three tight ends out there, uh, move the backs around, still have a successful explosive run game, be able to throw the ball down the field, still have an RPO threat. Um, all of that is, is going to be very, very similar. I mean, that's what we do. So And it's not that um, I, I came out of left field. You know, every football game that uh, we've, that, you know, since Coach Began's been hired, you know, I've been here. So this is, it's, it's going to be very, very similar, but there will be some things that might look different, um, you know, on game day. The, the, you know, the fluid of calls uh, might be a little different. So. But other than that, it's the Montana State Bobcat offense, and, and that's what we'll continue to do.
0: When it comes to just personnel and bringing in guys, I know you had a role in recruiting and I guess a couple of different roles in recruiting since you've been there at Montana State. How will those things evolve and also what sort of what sort of recruiting, I guess, parameters will you have? What sort of guys are you looking for? What sort of both tangible and intangible things are you looking at when you're bringing in offensive guys across the board?
2: Yeah, you know, I think I think it is, you know, we've, our whole staff, and it starts again at the top with Coach Vegan. you know, we emphasize, obviously, you know, we're going to search, you know, what is there, 56 counties in the state of Montana? We're going to search every single one of them, try to find the best players in the state of Montana first and foremost, and, and that's what we've done, and that's what we'll continue to do. And we're looking for guys um, that love the game of football. We're looking for guys, uh, the most competitive humans on the planet that are good character dudes. Uh, that are coachable mentally and physically tough, relentless effort. Uh, they want to get a montana state degree, um, you know character and accountability and toughness and 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 that's what we're looking for now, as far as you know uh, specific uh, positions, you know it, it it varies you know with what we're looking with what we do. you know obviously the skilled position we're always looking for, you know guys who are athletic and and can stretch the field horizontally and vertically, you know guys that are gonna to touch the football. Um, and dudes that have elite traits, and, and depending on what that position is, it could vary. You know, for instance, for example, the tight end room. Um, you know, we we really have two different guys in there. You know, we're trying to find a guy um, that is similar to a uh, Derek Snell. You know, we have guys that are similar to a trait Pickering, um, and Ryan Lonergan and, and Hunter Provience and those guys. So we're looking for athletic hybrid tight ends that can run, uh, that can, has good ball skills, that can separate, make plays in space, but they can also are willing to put their face on someone in the run game and block on the perimeter. Um, we're looking for receivers that can stretch the field, that have good ball skills, that can you know create separation at the top end of breaks, uh, that are miss, personnel mismatches. Um, so we're looking for you know all those attributes um, and specific things at, at all positions. And I, I think the the one thing that you know I'll be involved. Um, obviously in, in, in all positions now, you know, not just recruiting the tight ends or recruiting my area. You know, I'll have a hand along with the rest of our staff, Coach Johnson, Coach Udy, Coach Mix, and Coach Keaton. You know, they all we have a great staff, and they're all going to recruit their tails off, and it's a collective effort.
0: Tyler Walker, new offensive coordinator at of Montana State, joining us here uh, on Nuance. Now let's talk about the personnel then that you got coming back. I know still a lot of evolution as always, and it's it's you know it gets even more and more this day and age of college football. Certainly, probably have some new guys coming after spring ball. But as it stands here and right now, a lot of key returners, starting with your quarterback, Tommy lot back for his senior year. He'll be a uh, a four-year starter by the time this thing's all said and done. So what do you like about what you got in Tommy? I guess it's like what not to like about Tommy Millat at this point. But, you know, I mean, how do you hope to sort of help him evolve as he enters now his final years of Bobcat?
2: Yeah, you know, I uh, he was one of the first players I talked to when I walked on this campus. And I, you know, I'm, it's, I'm blessed to say that every time, every game Tommy Millat's played in, I've seen. So... Um, you know, Tommy is unlike any, any player that I've ever been around. Um, he's a really uh, cerebral player. He's, he's really a high intellect player. Uh, he sees the game uh, really well. Um, I think he's a, a, obviously as, as it's, you know, he's a financial engineer major from, from Butte, America. And, and man, does he have pride. In Montana State and loves this state and loves his teammates, and, and they'll, they'll run through a wall for him because they know that he's going to be prepared each and every week and he brings out the best and, and his teammates. and I think uh, we got a lot, a lot of football players, and Jared White will be out there. We got a lot of running backs that are getting some carries. So I think what you'll see is it's not going to be one guy carrying the ball 30 times. It's going to be about five guys carrying the ball, you know, eight to ten, eight to 10 carries a game. So we're super excited about. Um, about that room. It, 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 the ceiling is really high for those guys, and, and I know Coach Mix will get them rocking and rolling, and there's a huge potential in that group, so we're excited. And wide receivers, I'm really
0: interested in watching that group during spring ball and, and coming into next year because uh, got some good production last year, but a couple guys that were supposed to be big-time contributors, one in Taco Dollar who was out for a portion of the year and then a the second one in Junior Alexander who was ruled ineligible late and wasn't able to contribute. I think those guys can both make big impacts. So how much do they influence the group, and what do you think of that group overall?
2: I tell you, I think that receiver room, um, I think since we've been here, we feel as good about that room as we felt. Um, about any room since we, since we've been here, you know. Obviously, year one we had we had McCutcheon, uh, who was a, di- a dynamic vertical threat. Uh, then we obviously had Willie to make some plays, you know. Previous years, but this year, you know, you look at collectively, you know, you have Junior, um, who's gonna who hasn't played here, but he's a dynamic player. Uh, transfer been a few places, and Taco didn't play much last year, uh, and then Ty McCalla. Uh, who you saw last year, they they have some things that we can't quite coach and they can stretch the football field. Um, And then you sprinkle in um, some different guys – uh, that have played throughout and Trimble and Aiden Garrigan and, and Marquis, and Javante and there's just a plethora of guys that are gonna push each other and I think Coach Udy you know, does an unbelievable job with it, getting those guys prepared week in and week out and and, and any of them, uh can take the ball and uh, and take it the distance. So again it's about getting those guys in position to make to make plays in space. Um and, and that's our that's our main goal.
0: Tyler Walker joining us here on Duanas Now ESPN Radio, breaking down the position groups for the Montana State Bobcats. He's the new offensive coordinator there at MSU. Uh, I'm an old offensive lineman coach, so I watch the game from the line out, and I'm always loving uh, evaluating the big boys, and I've loved what you guys have done on the offensive line. I mean, Montana State, my 18 years covering the big sky, always good to great on the offensive line, but you guys have been great the last couple years. I know there's a lot of talk. Hey, how are you going to move on without guys like Rush Reimer and Omar Abedian who hit the portal, but, I mean, to me, you start with Marcus Ware. What an awesome player he is. Justice Perkins is going to be a three- or four-year starter there at center. And then on down the line. So, I think you guys have a chance to be really good on the offensive line again. What do you
2: think and what do you expect from that group? I think, you know, I think, you know, talking about the guys that we do have, obviously there were some guys that moved on. But... You know, if you look at who we have coming back, every single one of those guys who are coming back has played football for us. You know, obviously, Justice uh, Perkins has played a lot of football for us. He's played a you know a ton of a ton of snaps for us, and, and you know him and him and Tommy have, have been there the whole time. So he starts at the center position, and he's gonna you know he's gonna take care of business there. He's played a lot of football games, but also Marcus Ware, as you mentioned, I mean he's one of the most athletic uh, tackles you know that I've seen at, at any level. And then just from inside out, Cole Sain, who didn't play much, obviously injured back, Connor Moore at tackle, uh a six five, three hundred pound, uh I gotta give Ohio a shout out. But he is uh you know, he's athletic. Uh, all these guys, Titan Fleshman's gonna play, Burt Mastel, uh, you know, we got a lot of guys um, you know, that are gonna play that have taken a lot of reps. So I can see there's gonna be a lot of a lot of competition and, and that's not even including, you know, JT Reed who played for us that, that was that was hurt. So a lot of guys left, but we have a lot of guys still here um, that you know hadn't quite played, but have been in our system and have played a lot of football snaps since in their career. So we feel we feel fine. Uh, we feel great. Uh, it starts with those. We're going to go as far as the old line takes as they drive the bus. So we're excited. The Last one for you. Then uh, you guys have
0: been so uh, tight end heavy and, and used your tight ends in such creative and awesome ways and. That happens when you have great athletes. I mean, you talked about Derek Snell's versatility and, and Trayton Pickering, just how consistent he was, especially the last two years of his career. So, uh, what are you looking at in that group? And uh, that's one you're really familiar with as the coach of the tight ends these last couple of
2: years. You know, I uh, you know our tight ends are, I think, as I've said before, you know, they're a hybrid. You know, they're a, they're a hybrid position. You know, we're not. You know, we, we if you looked at us out there, you know, we look a lot like receiver Indy. Um, you know, we're asked to do a lot of things, but like you mentioned, we had we had the athletes to do that. And when you've and when I've, had, I've been privileged to coach, you know, Derek and Trayton, um, along with you know Lonnie and Hunter and Ryland and, and 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 Max, and now we got Rohan here. You know, we got some guys here that that we look to. You know, the drop off is, is going to be their lack of. It, it, you know, Lonnie stepped in. Uh, right here from Bozeman, stepped in in a few games when when he couldn't when Snell couldn't play or Pitt couldn't play. So you know he's gonna have a big year for us. Ryland Schlepp, um he's gonna have a big year for us. Hunter Provience from San Diego. is gonna have a big year for us. Rohan Jones transferred from Maine. You know, he's gonna wear number eight, so he's gonna look a lot like Derek Snell. Um so you know, we have a lot of guys. Uh, that we're going to be able to utilize just like we have before. And, you know, it's just any time that you have some, you know, tight ends that you can flex out and be in 12 personnel but be in 11 personnel formations or could put in the backfield, um, it it gives defenses, you know, fits, you know, because – a lot of time their call is going to be based on, you know, the down a distance and and the personnel uh, in field position. Well, really, you can throw that out the window with us because we'll utilize them anywhere. and We'll put three, four of them in the football game, and and, and I don't see that being any different because we still have the guys uh, to do that. Well, it's now ESPN
0: Radio, Tyler Walker, the New offensive coordinator of the Montana State Bobcats here uh, with us live. We'll get you out of here on this then, Coach. What do you hope people think of when they think of the Bobcat offense when 2024, the fall season, rolls around?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, you know, we're a group. We're a group uh, that that plays with relentless effort, that loves each other, you know, great teammates. Um, you know, they're, every time you come to Bobcat Stadium or wherever we are, uh, you know you're going to get the very best from the Bobcats offense. Um, you know, they're gonna play they're gonna play tough. They're gonna play physical, mentally and physical tough. You know, you're gonna get our very best and I and I think that's the you know, that's the main thing that you'll never um, see our team out there that, you know, trying not to be the best prepared we can be and putting them in great situations. You know, you're going to have a great running attack. You know, they're going to be prepared. We can throw the football down the field. Um, and the biggest thing, again, is just, you know, they trust each other. They play for each other. They're competitive um, and they love the game of ball. And I think if you got a team that, that loves each other and loves playing the game and has a common goal, um, I think that's why we've been successful here and we're going to keep trying to get that done here uh, heading into 2024.
0: Well, great stuff. Love talking football any time of year, but especially when we're jonesing for it here at the end of February. So we appreciate you for taking the time, Coach, and uh, we'll catch up with you sooner than later, but thanks so much for being here.
2: Good deal. I appreciate you. Take care.
0: There you go. Tyler Walker, new offensive coordinator there at Montana State. Appreciate him for uh, taking so much time and breaking down the entire uh, Bobcat offense for us. Now well, it's down ESPN Radio. Let's talk some Grizz Hoops. Travis DeKir, Anna Moody, next. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players. We know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com.
2: One, two, three. What is now on ESPN
0: Radio. ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, but not today because there's a little Frontier Conference tournament action going on. You can always find us as well on the ESPN MT app or streamed live on 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live, and there you will find the stream. Appreciate you for hanging out with us here uh, on this Thursday. We're a little late because Tyler Walker and I went a little long talking ball, Montana State's new offensive coordinator, uh, gracious enough to spend almost half an hour with us. So uh, that was good stuff, and appreciate him for being here. Let's get right into it. I already gave you the scenarios. If Eastern Washington wins against the Grizz tonight and Weber State beats Northern Colorado, Eastern is the outright Big Sky champions in men's hoops. If the Grizz win, that extends the conference title race for a variety of teams. They would be then within one game of Eastern with two to play. If Northern Colorado was to win at Weber, they would also be within a game uh, of the Eagles with two to play. But if Weber beats Northern Colorado, they could move into that spot where they're uh, still technically... On the outside looking in, but alive in the conference title race. So uh, a lot is hinging on it, and I think a lot is hinging on Montana. How does Montana get it done? Let's hear from a couple central figures for the Grizzlies. We'll start out with Travis DeCure. He's the 10th year head coach of the Grizzlies. A win in Cheney tonight would be his fifth 20 win season. Here's Coach DeCure from uh, before practice yesterday. Uh, talking to your guys the last couple times I've been down here, you can tell they're they're focused and they know it's coming down the end. So uh, just talking about that element of coaching these guys right now.
3: Energy's high, guys are excited. Um, this is this is the fun part, right? And all seasons fun. I always talk about multiple seasons within a season, um, but but this is the part you prepare for. This is the moment that you know everyone dreams about is going down the stretch, being in striking distance. Um, of a potential championship, but also preparing for your conference tournament and, you know, having enough confidence to feel like you can make a run in there.
0: Moody made enters a comment. He said, you know, you don't want to look at games down the road, but now there are no games down the road. It's this weekend,
3: and then you're into the tournament. So how much does that improve just the the level of focus for the guys? It's a lot easier for me when you always talk about one game at a time. Uh, Now you don't really have to discuss that. And, you know, the guys are locked in. I think they're mentally prepared. Uh, but practice a lot more consistently than they were two months ago. Um, I think their attention to detail uh, will be challenged this week and a better time to uh, show a high level of concentration than that.
1: As you get set to go into the tournament, when you have a sweep and a couple of gut check sweeps like this past, against teams like SAC and who are or always kind of trap teams, like, I mean, how much does that give you confidence knowing that they're winning these close games right before the, the, the biggest time of the year? A lot,
3: because that's the conference tournament is going to be full of close games. Um, you know, the year we one, uh, It came from behind in all three games, and so it, it, the teams that can win close games are going to be teams that find themselves playing on that Wednesday night with an opportunity to win to a tournament. Uh, to know that you've had some success in those situations is always important. You
1: know, look at the growth, too, right? Because that's where you want to be at this point, right? Like, how much do you think there's been growth, maybe since, you know, early in the conference to now, looking at the wins these past two games? Definitely a lot of growth, uh, more so in the last couple of weeks. Um,
3: and, and I think there's still some room for growth for us, and we'll continue to work in that direction. Um, but I think we're headed in the right direction in terms of where our head is and uh, our willingness to compete and do the small things that, that win games. Last time
0: after Easter Washington, we talked about their sort of role definition. you guys have that going on right now as well? How much has that helped
3: uh, you guys just uh, kind of surged down the stretch here? It's been huge, um, and I think that's why we have won close games, whereas maybe a month ago, those games we lost. Um, there were some, some rules that weren't necessarily defined enough, and so we kind of went over that again here in the last week and a half. And, um, I think our offensive execution and our defensive play has been more consistent.
0: Do you, is this rivalry game? Do you guys consider this a rivalry game? I know the league kind of sees it as a rivalry game.
3: Every game is a rivalry <laughs> game for Montana. <laughs> right. Eastern Washington, though, what makes them tough to match up with on both sides? Size. A uh, style of play completely different than anyone in the country. Um, when you play five guys that can all post up, uh, five guys that are all over six, six. Uh, it just makes a very difficult matchup, especially at this level, because you just don't have cards that big. Uh, and so your ability to defend them and... Uh, and slow them down offensively uh, is important. And if you can do that, then you give yourself a chance. Brandon, Whitney, just how well he's playing right now? How much does that just boost you guys up? Mr. Consistent. Um, you know, you can rely on 50% shooting. It's just a turnover ratio is going to take away the ball. The ball is going to get to the right places. And he's going to compete on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know when the last time our conference really has had a guy lead the league, you know, top one or two in assists, shoot you know, top two or three in you know, Field goal percentage from a guard position, um, but also be a good defender at the same time. So uh, it'd have been nice if you know we didn't let a couple games get away, and maybe his name would be um, you know being tossed around in MVP categories because I think this is the kind of season he's having. Keys against Eastern Washington? Defense. It's always defense with them. you got to slow them down. Um, you've got to force some turnovers. you got to get them out of rhythm uh, and then push the ball offensively and, and, and be efficient offensively. It's going to be very difficult to beat them if you're not scoring the ball. Um, so we just got to be consistent on both sides of the ball and be competitive. Uh, but then we got to be emotionally stable. You know, they like to get under your skin. And so uh, you've got to find ways to compete without being too emotional. Craft secure here on Nuana's Down. We got upset alert from Butte America.
0: Missula Sentinel takes down Helena High in the third first round uh, Western AA divisional game. Sentinel beats the Bengals 62-52. Helena High has had a, a topsy-turvy season. They started out very poorly because of injuries. And then they got uh, surging, and they got all the way up to the three seed. I thought they were actually a dark horse contender to take this tournament or you know, certainly wreck the bracket, but instead it's the Spartans uh, that come out on top. Actually, Jeff Safford kind of called this one. He said, I won't be surprised. He said, Sentinel's got size. They could give some teams some problems. He he evaluated that after watching Hellgate Sentinel during the Golden Goat. So good call, Safford. And uh, for the final of the four first-round games of the Western AA in Butte, the uh, Host Butte Bulldogs up 30-24 on Missoula Big Sky, but uh, the Eagles are hanging tough. Uh, a reminder on the Western AA Girls Tournament, Big Sky's into the semis after beating Flathead 52-42. Capital, no trouble with the Sentinel girls, 56-30. And then the evening games uh, for the, the final two of this first round will be Helena High and Butte at 6-30. And then the Kalispell Girls, Kauspel Glacier girls, that is, versus Hellgates girls, at 8 p.m. So uh, we are one half away from the boys' side being finished and two more girls' games on the docket. Of course, we will be off the air before those girls' games are final, but we will have a full recap for you tomorrow. Back to the Grizz Eastern Washington game here on Nuana's Now. Anand Moody is a guy that's... Uh, Really reveling in, playing in his seventh and final college basketball season. Amazing how much perspective you have when you've played college basketball for seven years. I'm not sure I'm ever going to cover another guy like Adam Moody. Both because he's been in college for seven years and he's played at three different schools, but also because he's just a a unique guy. He's a a showman. He's a very introspective type of guy. And I just always have enjoyed talking to him. So here's uh, probably not the last, but maybe one of the last times we'll hear from Anna and Moody uh, here on to Anna's Now. When we talked on Saturday, excited for the matchup against uh, Eastern
1: Washington. How you feeling now? Uh, I feel really good. We had a great week of practice, uh, a great couple of days. Uh, we got a different, a different mindset going in this game uh, after being down 0-1 to them, so we're going to try to get a split. Definitely a rivalry
0: in this league. What, what about Eastern gets you guys going? go and get your blood boiling?
1: I think just the history of both the programs, you know, uh, this this program obviously has won a lot, and Eastern ha- has won a lot as well. So I think that no matter what year it is, it's always a good matchup between the two programs.
0: They're interesting just their roster construction. What makes them challenging, especially defensively, for you guys to guard them?
1: Just the length. I think that they have... Uh, by design, a lot of length at every single position. Uh, the ability to get paint touches and paint points uh, along with the ability to shoot the three makes them a little tough to guard. So um, we're just going to have to do our best uh, to be physical and take away three-point shots.
0: A lot of weapons. Is there like a specific catalyst or specific guy you guys look at as a, as a prime matchup in this one, especially when you guys are on defense?
1: Well, I think when you look at their numbers, I think anybody in their starting five can uh, be the guy for them at any given game. So...
0: Right, I mean, if he wins back-to-back titles, that's a tough thing to do in the big sky. But if you don't have an NCAA tournament ber- berth, then it's it's like it's an unfinished business type of deal, even if you have dominated your league during the regular season. So there's a ton on the line for Eastern. The Grizz were the dominant team in the league for the first half of Travis DeCure's first 10 years at the helm here at his alma mater. They played the league championship game four out of five years. They won the Conference title uh, in the regular season and the postseason, two years in a row, went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. Since then, though, they've been just, just okay. They've just been a sort of a middle-of-the-league team. That's not standard at Montana. You heard Riley Corcoran talk about it. There hasn't been a graduating class of seniors from Grizz basketball since the 1980s that graduated without a Big Sky title. Since night every class since nineteen ninety one has either won a regular season or a postseason or both big sky title at Montana. This group of seniors has not. Can they change it? Well, that's what it all comes down to tonight. They're still gonna have to get some help and they're still I mean, the Grizz have to win out basically to to win the conference title, and Eastern is gonna have to stub their toe twice. The good news for the Grizz though is one of those Stub toes, quote unquote, could happen tonight <laughs> because if the Chris beat them, bam! Now you're within a game with two games to play. So it's an enormous, enormous game uh, in Cheney tonight. Uh, can't wait to take in all the action, both there and here. What am I might be watching down at Dahlberg Arena with Eastern Washington's women in town? We'll let you know on the other side. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.
2: SPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide
0: on SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for tuning in here on this Thursday. I'm very excited. It's leap day, or or whatever you want to call it. The the leap year comes around every four years, and uh, here we are. And it's a huge night of basketball. If you're missing to today's show, you can always find it on the uh, nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented. By Schulte Law, visit jschulteilaw.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. Also got to say great thanks to the Jewelry Design Center. Jewelry Design Center is located here in Missoula. They're they're brand new to town. Go check them out. This is a epic place. 2501 Brook Street, right across the street from the Montana Club. They can do whatever you want or need for any sort of jewelry. So I got married in December. I've been wearing a, a ring that I actually got passed down in, in my family. And it's a nice ring. I like it. But I I wanted a, something a little special because of course, you know, you're married. You want, want the ring forever. And uh so I got a custom-made ring down there. It's 24 karat white gold with little shavings of my father was an underground miner for About the first half of my parents' marriage He worked in the underground mines for, I don't know, probably 15 years And he has a whole bunch of little vials of gold flakes From his various mining stops So my mother gave me one as part of my wedding present And I had a custom made ring 24 karat white gold Then with those gold flakes on it I just received a picture of this I've not picked it up yet I am not wearing it But man Unreal I'm speechless It's so cool And it's just so cool what they can do. Jewelry Design Center, 2501 Brook Street, your jewelers for life. I'm headed down to Dahlberg Arena, and I'm going to be streaming Grizz Eastern Washington from Cheney and watching uh, Lady Grizz Eastern Washington live from uh, Robin Selvig Court. It's going to be a great game on that side as well. You're talking about uh, an Eastern Washington team that's in the midst of one of the greatest seasons in their school's history they already have 23 wins, which is a school record. They are alone in first place in the Big Sky. A win over the Lady Grizz, and uh, I'm not sure if they'll quite clinch, but they'll be at least one game closer to clinching. I'd have to do the math in the standings. But Eastern has only won the outright Big Sky Championship one time since 20 uh, uh, in, in their history, and it would be the first time since 2010. Lady Grizz side, if they win, they stay alive for the conference title. They also have a 20-win season. So certainly a ton on the line. I think it's going to be a great game, best Defensive team in the league in Eastern versus one of the best offensive teams in the Lady Grizz. Certainly going to be awesome. Well, have full recaps for you tomorrow. Myself, Rajim Seabrook, and a special guest, Tommy Evans, will be rolling with you from start to finish. We'll see you then. It's is Now, ESPN Radio.